Hello, and welcome to The Moncast. A podcast where I watch Pokemon and Digimon in tandem, and discuss the similarities and differences that they share. My name is Stevie today. And mine will be Luftnarp. And the score currently stands at 25-25. And this time we are watching episode 51, The Crest of Friendship and Pokemon Paparazzi. Today's Pokemon Day as of our recording. Woo, Pokemon turned 21. It's older than me. Just about, about, what, nine months? So your entire life you've had Pokemon? Yes. You were born in the Pokemon. Uh, so yeah, happy 21st birthday, Pokemon. Ash is finally 21 years old. No, 31, sorry. Are you sure he's not still, what is it, 11? Or is it 10? He's 31 now. He can't be 31. He was 10 at the start of his adventure. Oh, Ash. <laughs> what happened to you to make you this way? Genetic disorder. Where you don't age? Can we all have that? Ew, no, I want to be older. I don't. If you're older, you just have to pay for things. Do we do something for Pokemon Day? <laughs> we could sing the Pokemon intro again, because we've never done that before. Absolutely not. I'll ask you a question. What is your one favourite thing from all of Pokemon? My one favourite thing about Pokemon. I love how it focuses so much on sharing it with your friends. It's great for just having conversations with people and having fun with people. Oh, I I, I felt more along the lines of saying things like uh, the games or something. Oh, just the games. My favourite thing would probably be Heart Gold, Soul Silver. They're like, for me, that is the epitome of the games. Like, it, it got good enough that it you had good graphics and everything, but you had nice enough peripherals and you had a big enough world. It's the thing I've enjoyed the most. I mean, I like X and Y and everything, but I think I played Heart Gold so much more. Well, my favourite game would still be Pokemon Pearl. I just remember having tons of fun playing in the underground bit with my sister. Digging. That was so good. Just going underground in all the tunnels and setting up secret bases and chasing each other around and then finding each other. and oh, It was so much fun. Who cared about actually battling each other or trading? You could go and dig fossils and stuff down there. I know, it was so good. So yay, clap clap. Happy 21st birthday, Pokemon. Yay. Thank you for the Pokemon. You can legally drink now. In more countries. Could already drink in the UK. Okay, um, let's just go into other Admon now. Well, that was kind of Admon. We are in the middle of the Admon. Administration across the nation. This is a late theme song. It's not very long. Everything is from Twitter. There is only Twitter. You must embrace the Twitter and be one with the Twitter. And all of our tweets are from at Connor with an O this week. First of all, they say, ironically, I've been feeling really bad and self-conscious for not keeping up with tweeting nonsense at you every week. And I forgive you because I feel really bad for not sharing this podcast every week. <laughs> I've been really bad at getting them up on time. So you are forgiven for not tweeting at us. I don't forgive Connor. Fight me. Ignore Sam. Yeah, ignore me. Sam has no say over the administration, really. I do, I can I can fight. You can try and fail. I can try and fight. Yeah, no, all, all is forgiven. Besides, you've tweeted plenty nonsense at us this week. Such as, they asked me to draw a picture of the cosmic verdancy. Still have no idea what that is. I drew it, I think. I made something up that could be the cosmic verdancy. And they say that they literally just made up the name cosmic verdancy describe whatever psychic Cthuloid alien plant that execute come from. 
still, it's, I, I believe it. It sounds like a good word for nightmare eggplants. Cosmic verdancy. He described it as something with tentacles with mouths on the end that tried to tear the world apart. So that's what I tried to draw. It was an interesting picture. Next I say, to tell you, Sam, when you learn the full story of Wormmon, that you will feel ashamed of your words and deeds. What was that in context of? Apparently you just said bad things about Digimon Zero 02. Thinking about it, I think I'm, I'm more looking forward to 02 now. Then you just exchange a little bit about how can you hate a kid with a voice that bizarre and upsetting, and then you say his head is shaped like a button mushroom. <laughs> oh yeah, Cody. Oh, it's Cody! <laughs> One of my problems with O2 is mood swings. All they need to do is do the thing, but they don't do the thing. They have an argument for no reason. And Cody is one of the big culprits of that. And he has his reasons, but also his haircut makes him look like a button mushroom. Why a button mushroom? I don't know. That's the first thing I thought of. All these tweets are disjointed and not in any chronological order. But you're not answering each other for the same tweets, so it's impossible to work out how the conversation went. I, I know I know Wormon's story and I know all about all those goings on, but I, I have issues with parts of O2. It's mostly the writing, but I, I, I kind of like the uh, Hawkmon, Armadillomon, and Vimon, and Wormmon as well. So I'm looking forward to those. The kids, I, I don't care for. Other things that they shared. They sent us a video of the best video game music 450, which was Waterworld Diving, because it's good music in it. That's an exact quote. I still not listen to the whole song, because every time I get a minute in and then get distracted by something else on the internet. But one day I will listen to it. It's on my watch later, <laughs> so it will be listened to eventually. But up till that day, I have no comment. Did you listen to it? No. Oh, sorry, Connor, we don't listen to good music. I listen to good music. Well, not good music that we get shared at us. I phrased that so good. You were the best at words then. Okay, and the last thing that Connor with a note says is, thanks to you, I will now call Digimon Digmen. That, that's all Sam's fault. I don't remember this. This happened a while ago. The Digmen. It's so fun to come up with dumb names for things. We need a dumb name for Pokemon though as well. Pokepoke. Sorry, was that Pokepokes? Pokepokes. Pokepokes. Yes. Pokepokes. Fight me. That was off the top of my head. Pokies. We already call them Pokies sometimes. Or am I imagining that? Will we compare Pokies and Digmen? That sounds good. Pokies and Digmen. Cool. Any more? No. Can we move on? We can move on. The first episode we're watching is The Crest of Friendship. I did not write a digiplot, so just bear with me. Matt is very sad and depressed because he is completely and utterly useless. But Gabumon is still friends with him, so Matt's like, oh, okay, I'm fine now. I'm not depressed anymore because I have friends. So they get out of this dark tunnel that they were in. And Joe finds him, and Joe's like, yeah, I'm the best. I found Matt. And then Sora turns up as well, and she falls into the dark depression tunnel. And she's depressed because she's like, oh my god, we need to save the world or everything will die. Which is quite a reasonable concern. But Joe and Matt reach out to her and save her. And she's like, you have to want to save the world, Sora. Because she didn't want that already, apparently. And then they head off to meet up with Ty where Wargreymon's being beaten up by Piedmon because Wargreymon is one Digimon and is not that good against anything other than dragons. And then it's just like, Cliffhanger, oh my god, they're all there, they're all gonna fight Piedmon. Get hype, to be continued. Digimon, digital monsters, Digimon, champions. Digimon, digital monsters, Digimon. The episode starts out with Joe and Gomamon walking in like a dark desert or 
beach thing full of black sand. There is no colour. Yeah, it's, it's weird. Like, it's not just a regular happy beach. It's all, like, black sand. Joe says they can't seem to find Matt. And uh, Gomeron says maybe Joe's harmonica playing is keeping him away. And I'm like, not even five seconds into the episode and we've got some Gomeron sass. I like Joe and Gomeron. Yeah, it's so good. They're a great combination because Gomeron's really funny and Joe's just really uptight. Apart from when Gomeron's funny. He panics a lot and Gomeron's just like, no, nah, just chill out dude it's fine <laughs> whatever happens happens and joe's like but everything they see matt's boat which is the swan pedal boat thing and they're like hey that's matt's boat gomon then says i just want to see a little get up and go mamon and i love him so much he's such this this little dork child he's the best gomon's jokes are strong they are and then joe and gomon share a nice little moment where gomon says that Joe's been such a man now. And then Joe starts poking him, saying, uh, is Gomamon man enough to not laugh if he tickles him? And I absolutely love this little moment. It's such a nice little start to an episode. It's having some real good characters doing some real good stuff. Just having a fun time in each other's company. By the way, the temptation to refer to them as Joe Mamon is strong. Absolutely do that. It just rolls off the tongue. It does, it does. It's good. So then it cuts to War Greymon, who's fighting Piedmon still. And I forgot how Piedmon sounded, like, I'm sure he sounded different, but he sounds a lot creepier than I thought he did. I thought his voice was higher and a bit crazier, but apparently not. No, it's just bad guy voice. Then it, it cuts to Sora and TK on Bergemon, and they're looking for everybody else. I noticed in this episode they do it a fair amount where they just basically go and look at whatever the fight is for a couple of seconds just to remind us that it's there. Like, that's not the focus of this episode. This episode's more about everybody else. Yeah, all that time while Graymo are doing is buying time while everyone else is off doing their things. But they just keep coming back to it because it's like, this is where the action's happening. But yeah, on on Bergeron, TK's asking Sora like, will we find Matt, Sora? And Sora's just like, the only thing I can say, TK, is <laughs> because she's sad. That's a that's a direct quote. That's, that's what she says. <laughs> back to the big fight, and Kari asks if they should also fight and Ty says to keep back to make sure everybody has enough strength to fight Piedmon when everybody else arrives so he's basically just buying time. I'm surprised by how long War Greymon can basically defend himself because it's got to be about an hour worth of time. It's a long time for him to just stand there and take it because he tries attacking but he just can't really do much to Piedmon who's much faster and stronger than he is. So then we go to Matt and Gabamon who are now walking through a cave and Matt is all full of super angst. And he says how uh, TK no longer needs him and how he was the one who needed TK. And he ends up just stopping and, and sitting down and getting into an angst ball. And then there's this weird darkness which is in the cave and it starts wrapping itself around him. And now he's stuck in this depression hole. And he tells Gabimon to just leave him alone. And Gabimon panics, doesn't know what to do and doesn't have to break him out of this, this angst ball. And uh, he just bites his leg <laughs> to get him out of it. Which works. I mean, it, it does the job, which I, I thought was good. I thought it was kind of cute. He, he doesn't really know how to help Matt in this situation. So he's just like, I'm just bite his leg. Numb. He starts giving him a little speech saying he needs to stop comparing himself to Ty. And that Matt and TK are brothers, not TK and Ty. It's quite nice. And then he says how he would feel if Matt wasn't there. And that he's been waiting for him all of his life. And like, bless Gabimon. He's so cute. He's just opening up to Matt and being all like, you idiot. Think about other people. It's not all about you. You're just a good person. Matt's talking about how he hasn't let anybody in since his family split up and how he never cries, but all he wants to do is cry. And I'm like, damn, this episode's covering like some really heavy stuff. Matt starts crying and just Gabimon hugs him. And Gabimon says that he was lonely too before he met Matt. And I was like, stop this. Out of nowhere, Matt character development 
four episodes from the end. It's so good. <laughs> it's so nice. It's made me think think twice about Matt. Like I'm, I'm glad this this bit happened. And Matt says that he guesses he does have friends and how he was never really alone. And then he managed to just overcome the darkness without anybody's help. Well, he had Gabimon's help. Okay, well, the, the two of them as a group managed to get through the darkness. Gabimon basically reaches out to him and pulls him out of that sinkhole. And then Matt says he won't complain again. But Gabimon says if something bothers him that he should talk about it. So he should complain if it, if it gets it off his chest. So he says maybe he'll complain once in a while to him. That's good advice. Yeah, I really like this moment as well. So we've had two really nice moments. We've had the Joe and Goman one moment, and we've had this Matt and Gabumon moment. Joe Mamon and Mabumon. Okay, Joe Mamon and Mabumon. It's such a shame that it's only really in this episode where Matt gets proper development instead of just bad plot lines that make no sense and awful decisions. It would have been nice to have seen a bit more development further back up along the line. Up until this point, he's been consistently bad. <laughs> So the cave just dissolves around them and then Joe's just there and he sees them and he runs over and he's all wheezing and then he's laughing and he hasn't gone on, who's the man now? And he's so pleased with himself. And I'm like, ah, oh, these two people, they're just so good. They're like the best people. So he gives Matt his harmonica back and then it cuts to the Wargreymon fight and Wargreymon's weakening. And yeah, like I said, I'm surprised how long he can defend himself for. It lasts a good long time before finally just shattering and falling on the floor. With Ty behind him, falling down as well. Ty's kind of in the way of the fire as well, so he's getting the edge of it, so it's hitting him as well, or something, but he seems to be getting hurt as well. And then we get uh, Sora and TK, and they see the boat, and they land and start to look around. And then uh, darkness just surrounds Sora. And she falls into the cave. She falls into the sad hole, because now it's Sora's turn. Sora's sad. Jemamon and Mabimon run up to Tikatamon. He tells them how Suryomon fall down into the cave and they've got to go and get her and Matt's just like it's fine I've been through this I know what I'm doing <laughs> so they get into the cave and they find Sora curled up on the cave floor being like non-responsive and no one's able to lift her up or anything and she's talking just to herself saying how uh, she's got to help people we've got to save everyone or the world will be destroyed something along those lines which is not a new thing it's not like she's just learned this this is they've known this for quite some time but still, it's, it affected Matt, and now it's affecting Sora. I feel like it's the cave doesn't exist, but this darkness does exist, and it, it finds hosts to latch around. It makes a cave for them to be like separated and, and claustrophobic, and then it just drains their life. I do really like the whole idea of making this darkness and depression an actual physical thing that they have to deal with. I even like when Matt and Joe are talking to Sora to get her out of this depressive state. It shows her floating in this void and then they're swimming down to her with light around them. That's a nice little metaphor as well. Yeah, they're basically drowning in their own worries and they need someone to reach in there and pull them out before they're too far under. And I like how Matt says that she doesn't have to do this. She needs to do it if she wants to do it, which I thought was quite nice because it has to be on their terms. So Matt's saying to Sora... You have to want to get better. That was quite good, especially because Matt's been through it as well, so he can see like what needs to be done. So between them, Joe and Matt manage to pull her out of this depression cave, and then the cave dissolves again. They all decide to go and help Ty in the fight. So it cuts back to Ty, who's getting beaten up by Piedmon along with Wargreymon, and uh, Izzy's offering to fight because Ty's getting seriously hurt. Ty keeps saying no, 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 which upsets Izzy. Like He gets properly mad that he's not allowed to help. And then Piedmon hits Wargreymon, and his armour completely shatters and he's just on the floor unconscious because he's basically just reached his limit so now he's just being destroyed and then ty sees 
Joe saw a TK and Matt all coming to help Matt lift tie up a bit and says that he needs to hang in there. And they share this really cool little moment where he's thanking him for, where Matt's thanking Ty for believing in him and says that he thanks Ty for being his friend and then his crest of friendship glows. And then Garurumon nuzzles Wargreymon and his wounds heal. And like, this is a pretty shippy moment. This is the shippiest moment. She's fine. I mean, it's it's nice to see two people actually admitting feelings and being all like, yeah, I've tried really hard to not be your friend, but I am actually your friend and thanks for believing me and stuff and being really awesome. This is properly Matt's crest taking effect. This is a better version of his crest of friendship activating instead of whatever he did to get Wegarumon in the diner. Oh, when he managed to get Gabumon to warp Digivolve so he could go and attack Tai. Yeah, so the Crest of Friendship has got the power to give Garurumon super nuzzle healing abilities. And then Wargreymon gets all his wounds healed. It's adorable. It is really cute. I really like this little moment. Then we get Metal Garurumon existing. And then uh, Hey Digimon starts, unfortunately. <laughs> Which is always a bad way to end the episode. Kind of takes the sting out of it. But then we do get Metal Garurumon and Wargreymon. They do their attacks at the same time to break Pipemon's attack. And that looks really nice. I don't know whether it was animated differently or something, but just the two of them stood together. Then they just throw essentially balls of light at him. But they managed to, together, they managed to stop one of his attacks, which they've never managed to do before. And then uh, we all get ready for the big fight. Where the power of friendship will be victorious. Any more notes about this episode? Piedmon's really good. I like Piedmon a lot. I like how his, all of his stories are almost exactly the same. It's always just, once there was some Digidestined, and then I killed them all. I like how he's just, just playing with the kids. I'm pretty sure he could uh, wipe them out pretty quickly and pretty easily. But he just seems to enjoy this this messing around and, 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 and fighting them. Yeah, he's just really enjoying beating up War Greymon. Like He could easily take some of his Trump swords and send them off towards everyone else instead. But he's just like, now nah, I'm going to have fun picking on War Greymon because I can. Like At the end, he explains that he was planning to kill them all off in one fell swoop. But now he's planning to take them all out individually. So that it's more painful for everyone else as he goes along. Which is just cruel and twisted. Any more notes? think that Sora's whole dark depressive spell was a bit less effective than Matt's. Yeah, I do feel like it was a bit tagged on. Like really, pretty much all of them have those same concerns as Sora at this point. But they just decided to make Sora the vessel for it. I think it's the actual cave itself. It was that entity in there was specifically doing that it was finding all of her doubts and concerns and then amplifying them it was doing it with matt but matt had he one of his biggest concerns is his relationship with tk but with saw she hasn't really got that so she's got big concerns that essentially what everybody else has i feel like if anybody else fell, fell down there like if tk fell down instead he would also have the same sort of response but i feel like it just happened to sora it just wasn't very personal at all like it didn't develop sora really it could have been any one of them in that pit hole so even now, it still just feels like Sora hasn't had that much development throughout the whole series. Yeah, she has got the short end of the stick in this season. In most seasons. It just wasn't as good as Matt's thing in the cave. Plus, doing it twice in one episode kind of diminishes the significance of Matt's whole thing. At least that's how I feel. I, I agree, I agree. Also, I don't get why when they found the boat, they got off Bergemon and started walking. They could have just kept flying. Oh, yeah. um, Because plot? We don't need a bird's eye view. We found the boat. So they must be somewhere really, really close to the boat. Last thing. The power 
of friendship. It's a bit cliche at the end, really. This show is from like the 90s. It, it That was back when the power of friendship was a big thing and people enjoyed plot lines that involved the power of friendship. I'm glad Matt's come around though and realised that Ty isn't his rival and instead just is his friend. At last it was a good Matt episode. Finally. What was your favourite thing? Matt's getting some character development that actually makes some form of sense. Because it has been long overdue after so many badly done episodes on him trying to be a good friend and just being a bad one. Yeah, maybe we should have had a little bit more characterization sooner. It did feel a bit too late for this sort of stuff. Yeah, it's a shame it was so shoehorned in at the end. It needed more of it and earlier on. Because it's good. <laughs> My favourite thing were like the four big character moments where we had Joe and Ron just generally teasing each other and being sassy. Mabumon in the cave, that was such a good moment as well. Especially with it, it was basically just as much about Gabumon as it was for Matt. Because it was Gabumon also admitting his feelings to Matt and saying like, look, I really care about you, you're, you're my really close friend, I spent so long waiting for you. Yeah, think about my feelings as well. And then we've got Sora in the cave, getting dragged into the same state, and Matt knowing exactly what to do because he knows what she's going through, and then Joe also talking her way through it. And then we had Matt opening up to Ty and thanking him for everything. Not only was that physically healing for Wargreymon, that was also emotionally healing for Matt and Ty because they've had this rift between them for quite a long time. But yeah, like four really nice character moments, which I highly appreciate. It does not go unnoticed, Digimon, when you do good things. It was very much appreciated. You get a gold star. Yes, they do. Overall thoughts? I thought it was a great episode, and I wish that the, the ideas had just been less compacted into just this episode. That's one of the downsides of this thing was it was it did feel so sort of stuck together into this one this one really good episode when they could have easily pasted out into other episodes. Just make Matt good throughout the whole series. That's the thing, like he's not the worst. Like I mean he is, but he's character wise, he's not the worst one. He's got some really good things and some good moments that he could have, but he's just an angsty teen. Yeah, a lot happened in this and I like the times that we saw the kids and their Digimon just chilling out or, or dealing with serious issues or anything like that. And it's good that the group's finally getting back together. All of them. All of them are there. All of them. Especially Mimi. The second episode we are watching is Pokemon Paparazzi. Ash and Co were almost assassinated by a photographer called Snap. He makes them food and tries to take Pikachu's photo. Unfortunately, Ash keeps photobombing him until Team Rocket send Ash down a waterway, as Snap learns the power of friendship and how tripods can save lives. It starts off with the gang just eating food, specifically rice balls. Ash even calls them rice balls, so they're no longer jelly donuts. Are you sure? I thought they just called it the wrong thing. I thought they were donuts. No, they're called rice balls. No, the donuts. No, he, he calls them rice balls. But the donuts. This is clearly just a dubbing error, where they're supposed to be called donuts, but they call them rice balls. No, they're not. They're not. They're not. They're not. They're not. They're not rice balls? They're donuts. They're eating these rice balls. And then from donuts. out of the tall grass, there's just a camera lens. It's got a close-up of... of um, Pikachu! No, of uh, Snappy's mouth. And it's really creepy for some reason. It maybe it's named after Sweeney Todd. It was just random name, then then career. Todd Snap. He could play card games for a career. Yeah, maybe, but he's not in Yu-Gi-Oh, is he? He can't play this children's card game. Does he have a bicycle? Because if he does, then he could play card games. Ash notices the glare from the lens, and he imagines a sniper for some reason. 
but for some reason he imagines Brock being shot of all people. Not, I might get her, it's like, someone's gonna murder Brock. Bit of a hyperactive imagination there. I mean, Team Rocket's not tried to snipe them before, as far as I'm aware. Unless snipers are a common problem in this Pokemon universe. We don't know. Maybe they have scary bedtime stories that they tell all the children about snipers. He decides to shove Misty to the floor, and then, like, clotheslines Pikachu to the floor, and then tackles Brock to the ground. I'm like, my god... And it's also, this is a bad idea. I mean, he saw essentially a gun, what could be a gun, pointing out of the grass, which is low to the ground. So he just pushes everybody to the ground. It's not gonna, it's not gonna protect them. They're all just basically lying in front of this, this, this gun now. Everybody's really annoyed at Ash, and Ash is like, no, like, there, there's a thing over there because he's not only as he uh, knocked them to the ground, but he's, you know, he knocked Togepi to the ground as well. Togepi could have cracked. Also, their container full of rice Donuts. has now gone into the river and drifted away. So then he sends out Squirtle. Squirtle. To shoot water in that direction. And he flushes out a kid with a camera. But he's just protecting the camera from getting wet. And Misty asks him if he's all right. And he checks his camera and he says, yeah, he's all right. And Misty says that she wasn't worried about his camera. She was worried about his life, which is a weird phrase, Misty. And then uh, he goes, but that camera is my life. I'm like, oh, no, no, not even 10 seconds on screen. And here here comes his backstory and some exposition. He's going to be like, I'm a camera guy and I love cameras so much. And everyone's going to be like, yay, photos now. This is the point where I have a note saying, for once they aren't named after the defining characteristic. But apparently that isn't true. I just miss the surname somehow. Yeah, his name's Todd Snap, and he likes to just snap sometimes. That would be a nice twist. He's fine, and then sometimes he just likes to snap and shoot kids. With a camera. Whether it's with a camera or with a gun, it's bad if he's shooting kids. I also expected Pikachu to electrocute him. Apparently, he likes almost candid shots where they're in the natural habitat. That's his deal. So he does what the Pokedex does, basically. He's a Pokepedophile. Well, I wouldn't have used those words. It's what he is. He just spies on them. He did have a photo of uh, a Kangaskhan with its baby, so... But they all go to his house for some reason because they do this all the time. And it's a house in the middle of the forest. He's the only person who lives there in this giant house by himself where he takes photos. Couldn't they just be in a tent somewhere? Isn't he travelling somewhere just to take photos? I don't know. Well, he just comes back to his house after travelling. People can have permanent residences in forests. There's nothing wrong with that. But he tells them that he's the only person to have ever taken a photo of an Aerodactyl. And he shows them the photo and it's the same one that had Ash in its grasp. Which is like a nice little callback to the earlier episode. But also, are you telling me nobody else on the entire dig site had a camera? We're going to make some important discoveries. Are we not going to document them in like a, a physical form? Plus, photos don't work in that when you zoomed out, they're just in like black colour. And when you zoom in, they get full colour. So you can see it clearly. Plus, why is it such a big deal that it was Ash? Does it really matter? No, they decided to fill in some time. It's like, oh my god, it was you! They added extra filler to the filler episode i think what this is for is to give a reason why ash is slightly annoyed at todd because it's supposed to not get on for some reason so ash is like oh you got a picture of me with todactyl so todd offers to make them all pancakes and says he'll get the best photo of pikachu and pikachu bless him is so not photogenic and he's on the camera and he's like and Todd's like oh it's okay I'll, I'll take the best photo of you and then Misty and Brock and Ash are like we have these other Pokemon let's send all our Pokemon out so we can get a nice sweeping shot of all the Pokemon to remember that they're also a thing they're not having the pancakes though we are 
And Todd's just like, but I only want the Pikachu. <laughs> and at this point, I worked out that it was working for Team Rocket. I mean, I worked it out quite a while ago. It's pretty obvious. Just like, why is he so obsessed with this photo of Pikachu? He will capture this Pikachu. For his clients. There's a flashback to their meeting. Yeah, and apparently Jessie's like, she wants a photo of this one Pikachu before her life ends. And it's like, wow, that's pretty dark, Team Rocket. Pretending to be a dying lady. <laughs> All three of them are just one dying lady. It cuts to Team Rocket eating food and they're discussing how they hired Snap to steal Pikachu. So we got told the same thing twice. Todd tells us that he's working for Team Rocket to get the best photo. He doesn't know that they're Team Rocket. He just thinks that they're like an elderly couple and a cat. But then we also get the same thing from Team Rocket going, oh, he's working for us. More padding for this episode. Yes, this article says he is the best at capturing Pokemon. Didn't want to read all the way through it at all just read read like the first sentence and was like yep this will do so then ash and co are uh just walking along for some reason and snappy snap keeps jumping out of hiding places trying to take photos of pikachu only for it to be ash posing in them and he's like he's such a troll he can obviously see snap just jumps out of a place and ready to take a photo instead of staying hidden with that lens that he had which he could see from a distance he has to just jump and startle everybody. And that, yeah, they're just, they're just walking away. And uh, I'm like, oh, so Ash and Co have literally just left now, have they? <laughs> and that's exactly what they've done. They've just left to go and do the next thing. Oh, yeah, take photos. That's cool. Oh, thanks for the food. Bye. We're going now. Like, oh, my God. They have just, they've got bored of all this and they're going to go and do something else. They are not hanging around. And Pikachu's hiding in Ash's bag to avoid having its picture taken and misty says that's unfortunate because snap won't be able to take photo the picture he wants and then ash gets all mean and says uh snap doesn't even care about the feelings of the pokemon he photographs i'm like why are you mean to him all snap has done is take photos show them the photos he's taken cook them pancakes that's quite nice of them all he's done is he's shown them kindness and the second he's not around ash is talking smack about him it's so rude but he was trying to take pikachu's picture without permission earlier I mean, it's different with wild Pokemon. Okay, but that doesn't mean that he doesn't care about Pokemon's feelings. Also, like, Ash saying about not caring about Pokemon's feelings. There have been episodes where he's deliberately hurt Pikachu to make him stronger. Yeah, he is a bit of a hypocrite. But we know that already. It's so unnecessary as well. Why does he need to say this? And also, nothing becomes of this, by the way. Like, this doesn't change anything. Like, this doesn't get brought up later. And it's just random. Just... Just Ash hates Todd. We've established that now. Then Team Rocket is further up the path, digging one of the world-famous pitfall traps. Because why not? And then Todd's further up and he sees the ground. He's like, oh, this ground's soft. This is the perfect place to catch Pikachu. And it's like, why? Because the ground is slightly soft. You don't know how his art works. (laughs) So Ash and Co. appear and then they fall down into the pit trap. And uh, Team Rocket are nearby and they just see Snappy Snippy Snap go over and just take a photo and they're like oh we get it now and Meowth just goes back to the book and reads like another sentence in and goes oh yeah he takes photos oh what a fun misunderstanding oh dear what whimsy that is but also for plot convenience they're also above a waterway that's got brick and then Ash and Pikachu fall down, oh no, into this waterway. Oh no. Because they haven't got any drama in this episode. So then out of nowhere, um, Snippy Snappy Snippy Snap pulls out a camera with a tripod and throws that to Ash because he does photos. So that's what he'll have, even though he had rope moments ago and threw that down to them. It's like, no, just take the camera. Can I, so now the camera can get wet so it can be a big character moment. 
It's like, oh my god, he sacrificed his photo to save Ash and Pikachu. He does care. Yeah. And then Team Rocket are there and they grab Pikachu. And then James starts throwing bombs at Ash to murder him. It's just like, let's blow him up. I'm sick of actually trying to capture Pikachu. Let's just blow him to smithereens. Ash grabs the camera from the tripod instead of, like, climbing up or anything and starts taking photos of Team Rocket who all start posing and smiling. And then the bomb that's in James's hand goes off. Ash manages to climb up onto the walkway and then calls out Bulbasaur. Calls out not Ivysaur. There's so much stock footage. <laughs> Literally just Bulbasaur by itself. Fights using its two attacks it will always use, which are Razor Leaf and then Vine Whip. There's one shot of not Ivysaur that isn't stock footage. And that's when not Ivysaur is chasing them along the, the cliff face or whatever. So yeah, that happens. And then Pikachu's free. And then Pikachu hugs Ash. And then Ash and Snippy, Snappy, 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 Snippy, Snippy are laughing. And Misty's like, why are they both laughing? And Ash says that they both have something in common, that they both like Pokemon. I'm like, oh, this is a character arc, isn't it? How does saving Ash from dying mean that he likes Pokemon all of a sudden? It's not a character arc, writers. He cared more about saving Pikachu than having the picture of Pikachu, I guess. Brock says, imagine those two being friends. Like, it's such an implausible thought. These two young kids who both really enjoy it, like, have a passion for something, can be friends. Golly, what a weird world. Can you imagine? Isn't it great that they've become friends, though? Yeah, we'll see him again at another point. I'm sure Todd Snap will become the main character. So this arc has basically been the meet camera guy, Ash says he doesn't care about the feelings of Pokemon, saves him from Team Rocket, and now everything is fixed. The gang are just jerks, okay? They're nice to people, and then the second they're not around, they just badmouth them. Maybe they do this to everybody and we just don't see it. Maybe they're just self-entitled people who think they're better than everybody else. They are the protagonists. Yeah. Then Snappy Snap decides to take a photo with the gang, because he wants to take a photo of his new friends, and then he puts the timer on, and as he walks over, oh, he falls down. Ha <laughs> ha! Hilarious. Funny. Isn't this a joke we've seen before, though, with Psyduck? Yes. I vaguely remember that. Yeah, okay, so I'm not I'm not making it up, yeah. So they've used the same joke again. And then the episode ends. Yay! <gasps> and we're never going to see Todd again. Wasn't that a fun episode? <laughs> I'm so glad that Ash and Todd are friends now. I'm so glad we met this person who's going to enrich their lives even more. Gonna add so much stuff to the story. But what was your favourite thing? I don't even know. I think my favourite thing is Team Rocket deciding to hire Snippy because they've just come to the conclusion that they are not competent enough to catch Pikachu. That's my favourite bit. Yeah, Team Rocket are the best. One thing I really appreciate about Team Rocket that I've not really noticed before is how they act like us as viewers can't work out that they are Team Rocket when they're in disguise. That's how confident they are in their disguises. She's like, who are these people? They're wearing costumes. I don't know. Plus, there's a great bit where they go over the waterfall and just pause in midair to recite a poem before they fall down. So yeah, Team Rocket, basically. Because Ash and Co are garbage and Snippy is garbage. I don't care. Team Rocket are always great, though. Overall thoughts? It's another kind of fun filler episode. But it's not that good. Yeah, no, it's it's just it's filler. It's filler. I found it really boring. Like, nothing happens. There are mood swings and this character arc they put in, which went nowhere and ended up nowhere. Like, it was poorly written. I'm, I'm, I'm sick of filler now. I just want them to go and get the next thing and do the next thing. I can't deal with it. I'll talk about it mono and mono. Anything else or can we move on? I still en- enjoyed all the bits with Team Rocket, but it's just there aren't that many bits with Team Rocket. Yeah, I, I absolutely adore Team Rocket. They're brilliant. 
I just I don't care for Ash anymore. Yeah, Ash ruins everything. And Todd kind of sucks as well. Now it's time for Mono Mono, where we talk about the similarities and differences in these episodes. So, let's start with our Monsters of the Week. Do you want to go first, or shall I? There are four Monsters of the Week. Oh, you can't do this every week. It's a tie between Joe and Gomamon and Matt and Gabumon. Well, Joe isn't a monster and neither is... Well, Matt is kind of a monster. He's pretty bad, but still. Okay, my monsters are Jomamon and Mabumon. You can't have both of them. Pick one pair, at least. Uh, no, absolutely not. I refuse. They're both good because they're sassy, but they also talk through their feelings. Because they're sassy, but they also talk through their feelings. I just really like the character moments in this episode it was it was so good to just have these these moments where you see the kids with their digimon and they're just talking and and, and then you've got ones where they're just just joking around even though they've got this world-threatening stuff to deal with they can still joke with each other which is nice but that's character moments that's not monsters of the weeks just pick gabumon <sighs> yeah i kind of i think i'm gonna go with gabumon because in five minutes he turned matt from this angsty teen into now i have feelings and it's okay <laughs> So Gabumon gets points for that. That's good. Yours? My monster of the week is the darkness. That is a literal metaphor for depression because it's great at making things happen character development wise. Yeah, it was it was quite a good little uh, plot device. I just really like that there was a, a physical manifestation of the depression that they were going through because it's something that children can understand it's a very simple and easy way to portray how the characters were feeling like they were very isolated and alone and and drowning in their own sadness best storyline digimon is there any contest really lots of character moments and we're getting up to like this big battle that's going to happen it's great similarities there were characters in life-threatening danger in both of them yeah but no one important Ash isn't important. I mean, he was only having bombs thrown at him. Team Rocket in life-threatening situations, so yes, that makes sense. Children in life-threatening danger. Yeah, now I've got people feeling uncomfortable because we've got Pikachu and Matt and Sora. Granted, they're not the same thing, but it, it, it's the best I got. Also, in both of them, there's a bit of a character arc about friendship. If you can call what Pokemon did an arc about friendship. <laughs> it, it's kind of strained. They go from, we are not friends because reasons to, we are friends because reasons. But in Digimon, Matt's whole thing is about accepting that Ty isn't his competition as TK's brother. And that he is actually friends with Ty. And that he needs his friends to keep going. Differences? Digimon wasn't filler. Pokemon was. (laughs) Yeah, that's basically the only thing I could really find. Other differences are that Digimon's very focused on main characters, whereas Pokemon just brings in a random side person that they become friends with and will never be seen again. Yeah, this was so focused on everybody and and, and their progression. And and then Pokemon was just, uh, oh, this is camera guy. Let's do camera stuff this week. Here's a Pokepedophile. (laughs) We don't like the Pokepedia file, but now we do, because he saved Pikachu. Which episode did you enjoy the most? It's got to be Digimon. Yeah, good. I can't I can't excuse Pokemon for just being kind of bad this week. It's just filler and, and random bits were added in, like we didn't need to know about the photo, and uh, we didn't need to be told twice that Todd's working for Team Rocket. It was more filler than usual. Like, it was boring filler instead of the fun stuff that I've liked from the last ones. 
like at least in the last one i know i ragged on it as well but also you know it had ash's bond with pikachu tested a little bit where he was going through the assault course this was just they ate pancakes they met a guy who takes pictures and they didn't like him very much but then they did so are we giving the point to digimon yeah it's got to be which makes it 26 25 to digimon Join us again next time when we'll be watching episode 52. The Ultimate Test and Piedmont's Last Jest. Oh, it rhymes. You can listen to more of us on SoundCloud, iTunes or Stitcher, where we're like getting reviews and comments. And you can message us via our Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, with the will thread and email, which are all linked in the show notes. You can also support me on Patreon and I'd really appreciate that because that'd be great. Okay, well, yeah, thank you for listening. Go and have a good Pokemon day, even though it's been happened. We hope you had a Pokey day. I hope you had a really good Digi day on Pokemon day. Because Pokemon doesn't deserve it. Don't be Poke pedophiles. Bye. Bye. Butterfree, Primeape, almost Pikachu. the administrations from mcconnell with an o apart from one bit <laughs> which is which is it's happy pokemon day is it i thought that was like yeah, yesterday now it's pokemon day today oh that's great is it, is it right don't because because you call me out on my stuff so much and nine times out of ten you're right <laughs> no i remember now people were celebrating pokemon day yesterday and they also saw a tweet correcting them saying that it's actually today 27th okay we're so right. it is okay, today I'm right. yes they're all there. All of them. Um. Um. I think you're missing a person. Is that satisfactory? You're missing a person. I think person. It, my Digipot was so bad that Skype has just given up. It's cancelled the podcast on us. It's all over. Oh, it has as well. Skype disapproves of this podcast now because I've messed up the Digipot so badly. Oh, dear. Sorry, Sam, but we've got to cancel the podcast. Skype clearly disapproves. Oh. <laughs> After that horrendous digiplot, Skype's just like, no, I can't let this carry on. It was fine. Uh, it'll do. I got the basic gist of things. <laughs> yeah, no, you did it. Although you did say uh, all of them instead of all bar Mimi, because Mimi's still out there. Damn it. <laughs> faffing. Mimi's off faffing. Mimi is off on her faff quest. <laughs> her quest to faff. Then it cuts to Sora and TK on Bergemon, and they're looking for everybody Birdman. else. I've noticed in this episode... <laughs> Is it just Birdman? I, I, I didn't hear the bird ra. I just heard Birdman. Oh, well, okay, they're on Birdman. Um, <laughs> I'd, I'd watch a spin-off with Joe and Gomamon. Why a spin-off? <laughs> like, just Joe and Gomamon living in, like, an apartment together. <laughs> you just want it to be, like, some sort of sitcom. Yeah, it'd be the best. Joe's like, Gomamon, can you leave the... Leave the house tonight. I'm bringing my girlfriend over. And everyone's like, "Yeah, your girlfriend's coming over. I bet she is. I bet she is." Ah, uh, then canned laughter. And Joe's like, "I do have a girlfriend." <laughs> I can't imagine it. Angst, angst, 
Angst. 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 I'm referencing Potter Puppet Pals. Yes, you are. Now it's time for Mono Mono, where we talk about the similarities and differences in these episodes. What's that coming over the hill? Is it a monster? <laughs> did you see my tweets when I listened to the first yes, episode again? Yes, I did. Yeah, no, I can't listen to it. It's kind of okay. I'm just like, why didn't I edit out all these things? 